I recorded. Yeah, it's, oh, it's been recording. Some, for the last someone wanted minutes. a snippet of something I said for for a ringtone. There's a lot of swearing. <laughs> it's pretty cool. Okay, I'll save that. I'm stopping the tape now so I can go through and edit. Stevens, Aaron, do we have edit markers? Because I know there were several. Boom, boom. Uh, also, I come on. We all know it's 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 normal that I swear a lot when we're not recording or live on something. Maybe one day I'll do a compilation like I did for Panic <laughs> with this all your curse words and then publish it in like a fifteen minute montage. Yes. Can you actually <laughs> like? Can you actually condense that down to fifteen minutes? I mean, yeah, just with with you know, I don't know. It might not even be interesting to listen to because you usually use the same swear words. I know one whole episode. <laughs> I do, I do, I do repeat them. But you know, people, people still apparently enjoy it for some God knows what reason. Gold content. <laughs> I don't really do much gold anymore. Uh, Actually, don't swear that much in German. Oh my God! The winner has the long ID. <laughs> Good. Have fun oh, having that out. So, so DJ, uh, I want I I joined Gold after you stopped doing the Gold content, and that's not a reason I joined Gold. That's but the point is, what would you want to do for Gold content if you were going to do something? Well, here's why we stopped doing it. Here's why we stopped doing it because most of the Gold patrons were usually here for the show or here for the conversation, uh, to the point where. And we had metrics, just like normal podcasts, we had metrics on the golds, and they weren't being listened to or downloaded more than like 10, 12, 15 times. So it was no, there was no sense in, in paywalling that, so to speak. So that's when we, Snake Eyes and I decided we would just, if we did gold, we would just make it available to all because, and, and it, and <clears throat> it was, it, it then put a little bit more emphasis back on, you know, players just wanting to pay to support the show or support the channel. Uh, and that nothing was was really paywalled. You know, you just if you wanted to, you could, and and it really wasn't there wasn't any major benefit to you uh, or extra content or secret information. You know that you would get. It was more or less just out of the goodness of your heart. Um, and so we decided to remove that paywall so that everybody could enjoy some of the extra information that we did talk about in gold. Because a lot when we did do a gold, there was usually very detailed information or data or or and then sometimes it was just goofy and fun uh which would be good for anybody to listen to but but again there was no there was not a lot of sense in us paywalling content that only 10 people would come back and listen to you know and, and i'm i'm not i'm not joking about that our our gold episodes had just dismal statistics as far as downloads and streaming it was like 10 12 15 the biggest one we ever had was like 20 so if, if only 20 people were enjoying it or only 20 people were using it, then it really wasn't. I mean, that means that the majority of gold sponsors weren't gold, you know, weren't sponsoring for the, the private content. You know what I'm saying? So we just decided to make it available to all. That's why we did it. There was some talk no. at one time about uh, doing like gifts or awards for players who had been doing it like six months or 12 months or 18 months in a row. Because uh, we do get to track that uh, players who you know we've got consecutive run dates and all that stuff, so we never really came back to do that. We probably should, you know, like if you if you do twelve months in a row, then you know you get a mug or something like that. We never really kind of revisited that. We probably should. 
it would be expensive up front because a lot of our patrons have been around for more than a year. Uh, as a matter of fact, if I look at this list, <coughs> we still have, here we go. As of right now, as of today's date, we have 43 patrons that have been on for 12 consecutive months. So, um, you know, if we decided to give a gift, that would be a very expensive month, you know, to go out and send everybody, a, you know, a $10 gift or a 15 or $20 gift. Be really, really expensive to do that. So I, that was one reason I kind of shied away from it because, I mean, hell, that would take gold patron funds for like two months just to pay for that. So I kind of shied away from that, but there obviously there's something we should do. There is something we need to do. I just I have not taken the time to go back and and revisit that. It was Snake Eyes' idea to to do kind of a give back thing, I, and I kind of shied away from it. So I, I need to. <clears throat> we do need to look at it and see if there's something we could do for those folks. Hmm. Free socks. Do what? Free yeah socks. Free? You get socks or something <laughs> like that. <laughs> What is? Yeah, Jerry Ryan, that's exactly right. That's what I was saying. Most of the gold patrons were usually there for the live show or there for the taping. So if that was the case and you weren't going back and listening, then there was no reason to pay wallet. You know, like I said, if only ten or fifteen people were downloading and listening, then then we we wanted to consider the broader community and and like I said, if if only fifteen people were listening to it when it was locked, even if a hundred people listen to it when it's unlocked, then it was it was better for the community. Hmm. So, Stevens Aaron suggests a Scopely game gift, but again, that's a lot of players, and I'd have to I'd have to get clearance for that. I, I don't even know if Scopely would say, "Hey, you know," after I, I don't know the Scopely would 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 sign on for that because, like I said, that means right like as of today, we'd have to go through and issue gifts for forty three players, and I don't know if they're gonna I don't know if they would do that or not. <clears throat> Even if it was only one how, how, about, how about one loyalty token for each? Well, that's shorts jokes and says, what about Akira BP? I mean, it's not, it's not even about that. It's just about the sheer work that would go, that would be involved with going and giving 43 players grants. Cause that stuff has to be done one at a time. That's why, that's why we kind of do it in bulk, you know, because it takes time. So you got to convert all the player IDs and then, manually upload them into the software, pick your grant, save it, upload it, close it, and you got to do that for each individual player. So. Wait, how did they do this? Oh, this is sick what they did here. Jeff, um, that is something that we've kind of argued for a long time. He says, can you give away access to a special pack? That's a good deal. So Scopely still gets money but players get a better value deal. Uh, we've asked for something like that since the beginning of time. We've asked for creator codes. We've asked for, you know, specialty packs. Again, if you if you did access to a specific pack, then that comes into player targeting. You still got to upload all those player IDs. So um, if, if we were going to do something, it'd have to be something that we could do sweeping and, and somewhat simple and, and because I know Scopely's not going to come back and say, hey, listen, you want us to do grants for 43 individual players? You know, not likely to happen. I don't think. I mean, I've never asked for that, but I know how much of a pain it is just to get the freaking battle passes out, you know, and, and the prizes that we do give away. We give away one winner per show and then sometimes two with spam it. Uh, and even that is, is 
it's a lot to keep up with. Um, usually, uh, Aries was really good about doing it almost on a per show basis, but even now he's gotten busier. See, he, he's fallen into the pattern that panic had where he only does it once every couple of weeks and just knocks them all out. But it takes, it takes a couple hours. Aries is definitely faster than panic was. Panic would only do it like once a month. And sometimes the once like every other month. It's like sometimes people are waiting 45 days for their gift. Aries is quicker about that. He's, he's usually done within like two weeks, but you know, even when he first started, he would do them per show. Like, you'd have your prize within a day or two. Even he has, has slacked off to only do it, like, you know, once a week or once every two weeks. So. It's, I've been feeling Aries, in, like, recent, recently Aries has been apparently very busy, I feel like. He has. He has. He's, he's got a lot going on over there at Scopely HQ, and, and that's good. There's a lot of cool stuff happening. Uh, a lot of cool stuff on the horizon that, that, you know, you guys don't know about yet. And, and even as a community manager, he's got his fingers in a lot of stuff. Uh, <clears throat> that's going to be really, really good. So he is very busy over there. Super busy. Thanks, Bubba. Appreciate you, I'd buddy. like to see him uh, make a skin that uh, makes your auger look like your cat avatar. <laughs> I I have begged for for specific content like that in the game for a long time. Obviously, I tease and I joke about the spot avatar. That was not for me, but you know, I I made it about me. <laughs> but but that wasn't that wasn't for us, and that's the closest thing any of us have ever gotten. So they've never they've never warmed up to the idea of you know content in the game around the content creators. It'd be great, but they've never they've never warmed up to that idea. I wouldn't be the first DJ they did stuff for. I'm not nearly as big as DJ Oki. And he's not either anymore. <laughs> no, that's true. Um, Mustang says, how has COVID affected Scopely work? I, I think that it has altered their processes, but as they have continued to maintain over the last year and a half, they've not skipped a beat. They're, they're doing Zoom uh, and Teams and Slack, and you know they're working from home, and, and they seem to love it. Um, as a matter of fact... They have still not yet issued a mandate to return to the office, and from the opinion of a lot of people I talk to, they may not ever. Uh, they're they're working just fine doing what they're doing, and, and <clears throat> people seem to enjoy it more. Uh, I am in rule. very much supportive of that. This is how I've worked for <clears throat> since ever, really. Yeah, that's true, Jesse. They did on the APAC servers for that one guy, uh, but... That was a paid campaign. That He is not a content creator for this game. They approached him to do this promotion because he is, like, massive, like millions of subscribers in the Japanese markets. Um, so they approached him. That was a paid promotion. They gave him content. And, and trust me, we all complained about it. <laughs> we did because, you know, it's almost like Scopely's like, we've already got you doing stuff for us, so we don't need to pay you to do stuff for us. You know what I'm saying? Which I get, but at the same time, like, you know, you have had us for years. We have continued to do it without pay, you know, so there should be some appreciation there, which I'm not saying that they don't appreciate, but they don't give us any, there's no, there's no revenue, no creator codes. I mean, I've begged for creator codes, it's something simple, you know, like, like Supercell has already offered us a deal, 3% of what you spend in the game. Now it doesn't sound like a lot, but I mean, if 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 a hundred players are using our our stuff, then that could be a couple hundred dollars a month. You know, uh, Supercell's offered us three percent. 
of anything we sell with a creator code. We just have to get to the 5K submark. And that's if we pursue that game. I don't know that we will. I'm still playing it. I haven't made any content for it because they're not going to do anything with it until I get to the 5K mark. But I'm still playing Clash Royale. I'm, finally, I'm King's level 10 now. And you're right, it, it's a little bit more of a drag now. And the packs are getting more expensive. They do the same thing Scopely does. It's a lot of $5 packs and $3 packs until you hit a certain spending level. Now my pack is $20, you know, which is still cheaper than Scopely, but like I don't get a $3 pack anymore. My cheapest pack's 20 bucks. No, that's basically what every mobile game does. Yeah. <clears throat> so... You say it's a better value, Boaz, but I get far less enjoyment uh, or far less screen time in Clash Royale. It's very monotonous. You know, you battle, you win, you lose. And, and I, I have suffered in that game almost like some big spenders in this game. I've spent myself to a level where now I'm losing a great deal of the time because I haven't had the time to develop my other my other cards you know what i'm saying so i've spent myself basically level 10 um but now i'm getting my ass kicked four out of five battles because my other cards haven't had the time to develop you know and you could spend you could spend hundreds or thousands of dollars in that game too but it doesn't engage me like star trek does i i probably spend less than an hour a day in that game and it's just very monotonous. It, it's the same thing over and over. Battle, win or lose, and there's nothing special. There's no events. There's no variety. It's just battle, win, lose. So I don't think it's designed to have the same uh, engagement as, say, Star Trek Fleet Command. Um, but it, you know, I don't give it the same engagement either, which is also why I'm not willing to dump as much money into it. I have spent money. And I spent a lot of money in the very beginning. I've, I've probably already spent maybe $200 in that game, which I say is a lot of money. But, you know, when you're talking $3 packs and $5 packs, it is a lot of money. Um, but I've fast-tracked myself. It's kind of like in this game. You know, we've, we've, we've teased some people who just spend and spend and spend, but they don't know how to play the game. It's not that I don't know how to play that game. I'm certainly not as educated in it. I know that there are certain cards that do better against other cards. But it's also very... It's very hit and miss. You don't know what your opponent's running with. You can't scan them. You don't know what their decks look like. You're just randomly matched against somebody, and if you happen to have a winning deck against that player, so be it, but you don't know what they're running before you get matched up to them. So I might have cards. So, so what you need to do is not necessarily specialize in one area of attack or defense. You kind of have to be prepared for all of it. Um, you got to have air defenses and you got to have ground defenses and, and they only let you choose eight cards and you don't know what your opponent's running. So you just kind of have to be well-developed in what you do take in there. And, and I've, I've spent and fast-tracked my process to the point where now I'm, I'm losing a great deal. Um, I might win a couple and then I lose 10 in a row and that's really frustrating. So then I put it down and I don't come back for, you know, till the next day or something like that. So. I played, I played for probably 20, 30 minutes earlier this morning. Literally lost eight battles in a row. I got pissed. I turned it off. You know, so I've spent myself to a point where I'm getting crushed by people who are seriously spending. Uh, and and you, don't go, you can't go backwards. So <clears throat> I spent too quick in that game. But I did have fun. Listen, it's a fun game. I'm not knocking it. It's a fun game. When we get to the point where we get a creator code, I'll, I'll make some videos. We'll play it a little bit more. 
Uh, we'll make a little bit of content about it, but but I definitely I definitely get my ass kicked. <laughs> I, I definitely don't win. I lose a lot. You know, you guys say that that this game is not that great, but it's Star Trek, so you're you're engaged. You know, mechanically speaking, there's a lot that does go wrong, but this is an extremely complicated game too. This game is better than a lot of games that I've played in the past. I mean, and you look at games. Now, I'm not talking like big console games either. I'm talking like phone games. So what have I played in the past on the phone? I've played Clash Royale. I've played um, um, the original one, which was what? Just uh, Clash of Clans. Uh, mm-hmm. I've played, ironically, I've played like Restaurant Dash, which was just a silly game. I've played um, Candy Crush. I've played Scrabble Go. As a matter of fact, I played uh, Words with Friends before Scrabble Go bought it, before Scopely bought it. Uh, I played Words with Friends for a long time, uh, or whatever it was. It, I don't think they bought Words with Friends. Words with Friends is the competition. They had There was a different Scrabble company that Scopely acquired, uh, and I played the one that Scopely acquired after Scopely acquired it. I don't play it anymore. I, didn't, I don't really like what they've done with it. Um... And it's not heavily monetized, but it's monetized like Clash is. $3 for this, 99 cents for that. So a lot of that stuff. And I, I didn't... And it was very... It was, mo- it was more about f- thrill... Like frills and stuff. See, again, my generation. We're not about... We're not about skins. You know, like most of what you can buy in Scrabble Go are <laughs> different looks of tiles and skins and things like that. So... Uh, I've not, I've not been super engaged in that either. You know, we, we can complain about STFC a lot, but mechanically speaking, it's a super complicated game, multifaceted, multi, you know, dimensional, a gazillion things to do and everything tied together. Mechanically speaking, it's actually a pretty wonderful game. We complain about a lot and they've got a lot of problems, but from a mobile game perspective, it's probably one of the best and most advanced out there. Crazy enough, though. I mean, I know. Well, they could they could make things a bit more. Oh, absolutely, they could do things a lot better. You know, absolutely. <laughs> but but just the game itself is so immersive and so so big and so complicated. It's better than any other mobile game, really, truthfully, I've ever played. I I'm shocked I'm still in it three years. Uh, I've always said, you know, for me, even when I started playing this game, my average lifespan on a game was eight to ten months. It really was. I played Restaurant Dash, uh, the Gordon Ramsay version. I played that heavily. I spent in that game. Crazy enough. How stupid. That was just a silly, stupid little game, making cheeseburgers and making lobster tartare and all this stuff. I spent in that game. But, I mean, what? A you spent 50000 on that game? Well, no, I haven't spent 50000 on this game. But, Me neither. But, I mean, I've, I've spent, I probably spent hundreds on that game. Not compared to what I've spent here. That Boaz says normally after two years. Normally after two years, I'm looking for something new. Um, And normally I don't make two years. Usually, like I said, a year tops. I think I played Restaurant Dash for a little under a year, and that was one of the longest ones I've ever played. I'm at like, in Candy Crush, for example, I'm at like level 340. I probably played that for a year. But I mean, it's just it gets it's repetitive. Don't it's don't thing. don't feel ashamed spending so spending much on STFC. I've spent much on Star Citizen, and look what I have now—nothing. 
Yeah, listen, we not even a game. We're all really. We're all with you, Jesse. I mean, we've all spent way too much on this game. There's nobody a free to play can argue legitimately that he spent too much on this game. Okay, not even just in money, in time, attention, stress, drama. I mean, but you know, still that goes for that goes for basically almost every single game on the planet. Right, it's true. It's all like if you think about it, it's all pointless. It's all a waste. It's all a waste. Well, no, let me rephrase. It's not a waste. It's entertainment. You can't expect ROI. Your your entertainment is what you're paying for. Yeah, it's it's yeah entertainment. Basically, throwing away money. Yep. Yippers. Could have been worse. You could have been buying cocaine. Yeah, that's that's dumb. Well, it's a, about as <laughs> it's about as long lasting as, as this. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, really, it, it, you, you can argue that it's healthier, but is it? All right, listen. I know. I listen now. I'm not. I'm not teasing, and I'm not making fun because I know it's a real thing. I have met and spoken to players who have who have claimed to have have suffered mental stress and anxiety because of this game. And and to those people, I've encouraged them to take a break, either quit or throw a thirty and go enjoy some sunlight and some fresh air and then come back if they want to. And crazy enough, a lot of those players don't. You know, I don't I don't see some of those players again uh, just because it, it's one of those things like if, if you can break the addiction, then you're free and you don't come back, you know. And, and I get that. This game is addicting. It is an addiction. Anybody, anybody here who spends six or eight hours a week listening to content and then three to four plus hours a day playing the game. Anybody who's spent more than a couple hundred dollars lifetime, I'm sorry, my friends, you have an addiction. You're addicted to this game. There's no other way for it. Uh, now, whether or not you're okay with that, I can live with that. Yeah, whether or not you're okay with that is another thing. You know, I I smoke cigarettes. I shouldn't be okay with it, but I am. I do enjoy it. I have no. I've, I've never tried to quit. Uh, not seriously. I, I've tr- you know I've tried to put it down. I've tried to sl- you know walk away from it. But but it's not something I want really to quit. You know I should want to quit. You know for my wife and my family. But I actually enjoy it. It's it's a habit of mine that I enjoy. I know it, I know it's terrible. I know it's terrible. But but I haven't wanted to quit. And 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 I haven't wanted to quit Star Trek. There will come a point for all of us where we will hit that point eventually at some time. And at that time, then you're going to have to kick the habit. What are you going to do to kick the habit? You're going to have to uninstall it, disappear, d- get rid of Discord. Like, you're going to have to completely sever with everything if you hope to get away. At the same time, we've seen players actually go away for months and then come and back. And then come back. And then come back. I mean, we've, oh, seen, we've seen players hi, gone for nine months. My name is Aaron, and I'm an addict. Yeah, we've seen players <laughs> gone for eight or nine months and, and have made it back. You know, so... Yeah. It, it, you argue it's an it's an it's an addiction this game there's no way around i mean i've i've spent many many thousands on this game and i've spent many many thousands on star citizen both were in hindsight probably bad decisions but oh well what's your it? well yeah really ultimately the investment into this game has probably been a bad decision but at the same time it is entertainment i enjoy it i've met some phenomenal people and and I even have an advantage over you guys with my content. I at least do get a little bit back, like through YouTube and, and 
you know, and through the patrons program, which for the most part just pays for the show. But there's there's a little margin there. Um, you know, not enough to do anything really in game. Well, I've, I've always kept those funds separate. Uh, I know I've told you guys before, we Snake Eyes and I actually have a bank account uh, for this show. So we keep money in it in case there's equipment or something we want to buy. So your your funds don't actually buy packs. They, they go towards whatever we're going to do for the show. Uh, usually equipment-wise, but no, it, it doesn't go to my account. Uh, that's still my money. But we do keep our we do keep our patron and our YouTube money uh, very separate from uh, from what we've got going on here. And that way, that way, when we get a certain amount of money, we can either do an equipment upgrade or do some kind of giveaway or or something like that. Um, so, and I'm not sad or angry or whatever about the money I've spent. I'm I mean, was my decision. And at the end of the day, it's just money. That's kind of, um, that's kind of how I look at it. I'm not I'm not starving because I spent it. You know. You now, know. If I, you if know, I ever got into a so spot during sorry, during yeah. the time I've played, the money on my savings accounts keeps growing. Yeah. Even though I've spent yeah. it out of money. That's that's kind yeah. of how I look at it. I, my so kids, I don't give a shit. My kids aren't starving. Yeah. There's food on the table. My kids have shoes. You know. Now, if I if I ever got to the point where I was making decisions in this game that were impacting my family or impacting my my ability to pay my mortgage, you know, then then now we've got a more serious problem. You know, I've yeah. said it I've said it before. I've cut back spending because I know I've got something in real life coming up. Like in the month of June, I had my vacation coming up. I was trying to make sure that my kids and family could do anything that they wanted to do. They wanted to go out and rent a jet ski, they could do it. I wanted to make sure that we had the money to do whatever. So I didn't spend in the game that month. I didn't even buy a monthly pack in the month of June. I don't think. Maybe I did. But I know I didn't spend anything else. I normally I normally will look at a couple of things uh, throughout the course of a month. Like this month, I bought tickets. I bought the $100 ticket pack. I know that that's going to carry me for a couple of months. But, um, you know, so I don't have to buy it every single month. But I've spent $300 this month. I bought the monthly, bought the $100 battle pass, and I bought tickets. So, I mean, <laughs> that's a lot of money. But I wouldn't do it if it was going to take away from my family. And, like, in the month of June, I did not. I think I bought I bought the battle pass and I think I even bought I can't remember no June I did buy the big battle pass because that was Picard month, so maybe I didn't get the monthly pack I don't remember. I know I I did cut myself back that month because I wanted to make sure I had plenty of vacation money. So, but yeah, that's well, I'm Jesse's, probably going Jesse's through, right. That's the yeah. thing you gotta you gotta make sure that the money is expendable for you. If it's yeah. not expendable, then that's where you get into trouble. <clears throat> but if it's expendable. And you've made the conscious decision to invest it in this form of entertainment. You know, I, in all fairness, I, I feel like I do a lot of work for this game. So does Ripper, but it's work we enjoy. And at the end of the day, it's still a piece. It's a factor of the entertainment for me. Doing this show satisfies a real life need for me. I was a radio jock for 20 years. I miss being able to do that because there's really not a place for a dinosaur like me in the radio industry anymore. Um, so I've missed being able to do this. And I remember telling uh, Panic when I, before I even started the show, when I was making him my pitch, I said, you know, this satisfies a real-life need for me. I've been wanting to do a podcast for years, but I never really could find the appropriate topic. There's tens of thousands of other podcasts out there. You know, what's going to set me apart? What's going to be my niche? And then this game presented itself and and you know it's hundreds of thousands of players it's a built-in it's a it's a built-in audience and we don't have that many i mean we've got a very small percentage even my best podcasts are only listened to by probably two or twenty five hundred people 
2,000, 2,500. Now, our YouTube does better. We're hitting probably between four and 5,000 people. Well, we got, we got 4,500 subscribed. Our average video is probably getting watched two, 3,000 times. Uh, you know, so I'd say my overall touch in this game is probably four to 5,000 unique people. Maybe, maybe six, maybe more. I don't know. I could, I could be underestimating. Out of the hundreds of thousands, it's very, very little. But I enjoy it. This satisfies a need for me in my life, you know, to, to have a radio thing, to do something related to radio. I did radio for 20 years. I loved it. It's my passion. Just couldn't, couldn't stick with it. So uh, this allows me to do that. I mean, I, I even call it a radio show. You know, and and also you're around the world. Yeah, that's met, true. We've met so many people from all over. Yeah, I've met a ton of people. I've met some great people. As a matter of fact, I'll tell you a funny story. He's not here at this particular second. I saw him pop in a few moments ago, uh, or about an hour ago, towards the end of the show. Um, I've met some people that I would truly, truly want to meet in real life. Big Country is one. Captain Bull's another. Ripper's one. Gregor is one. Uh, as a matter of fact, Gregor and I were just talking uh, just a day or two ago. I ha- we haven't had him on the show in a month. His work schedule is killing him. Absolutely killing him. Guys, I, I know we-, we talk about work, and-, and you guys have all gone through phases at work where it's killing you. He is involved in a project right now, a deployment. He's in IT. He's in high-level IT. Like We're talking multi-million dollar IT infrastructure and engineering setups. Uh, that's what he does for a living. He's involved in a deployment project right now where his budget, uh, I'm wanting to say, was probably around $22 million. So for those of you in that industry, you know how big of a scale project that is. Uh, He is involved in that right now. He's actually one of the project leads, uh, and it's just killing him. He's like, man, I I guarantee, I guarantee I'm not working less than 100 hours a week. Uh, it's just murder. I even asked him the other night. I said, are you still playing? He's like, I am. He's like, I'm, I'm not able to get in every single day. He's like, sometimes when I get home, I, I just can't. He said, I'm still probably logging in four to five times a week. And when I do log in, I'm playing for about an hour. He said, but I'm not getting my dailies done every day. He did not hit his battle pass last month. He said, that's the first time that's ever happened. I, I'm worried from a game perspective, I'm worried that that Gregor could actually be breaking the cycle. You know what I'm saying? Because he's not in. He's not obsessed with hitting his battle pass. He's not obsessed with hitting his his goals. Um, you know, and he's only spending four to five hours a week in the game. He could be on his way out, and that makes me very sad. But we've developed. I, I mean, I know his real name. I've got his real phone number. We talk at least weekly. And I was just talking to him the other night. He's doing great, but he's just like, man, this project has just been murder. He said it's been absolutely murder. It's well, that's, killing that's me. That's with all things. We all go through different phases in life where we get busy seasons and then we're not so busy and things like that. He'll, he'll get a break, but he's still got a couple months on this project. Uh, and of course, I told you, even my big country will tell you, even my in-game time has been severely lacking. I've given more priority and attention yeah, to this show. Enough to this show than I have in game. I have not even doing my faction yesterday. <laughs> yeah, I've given more time and attention to this, to this product uh, to, yeah. you know, talking track than I have to the actual game because work is also killing me. I've been telling you guys, yeah. it started in March. It's going through the end of September at least. As of right now, we're still on schedule. So hopefully by September 30th, I will be largely done with a major technological transition at my dealership. Uh, hopefully by September 30, I'm done, but I'm telling you, it has absolutely killed me. I have joked with a couple of people at the dealership and even with the, 
the the company, the consulting company that we've had come in that, that's doing a lot of this, or not the consulting, the technology company that, that represents the, the software we purchased, I've told them, I said, you guys are killing me. I mean, I've had trainers there every day since June. Five days a week, I've had some trainer there training some department on some process, on something that we have been transitioning and baby-stepping and changing things in my dealership. And, and you got to think, we've got, we've got 105 employees, but they all do something different. you got technicians, and you got service advisors, and you got parts counter guys, and you got the wholesale guys, and then you got the manager's team, and that's just all in fixed ops. Then over on sales, you got the salespeople, you got the sales managers, you got the internet BDC, uh, you've got the finance guys, you've got the, the inventory managers. I mean, and, and, and this technology is changing everything for everybody. Everybody has a process change to some degree or another. You know, everybody has to do at least something different than they did before so and I'm point (laughs) I'm point I chose this software I negotiated the contract which took 60 days uh and and two or three business trips uh I negotiated this multi-million dollar contract um and had to determine if it was going to be feasible for our dealership if we were going to be able to implement it and use it here without drastically changing our processes if we could still continue to function the way we wanted to function you know by using this integrating new technology into a 25 year old procedure is challenging i think that i think that we've done okay with it you know most people are changing little little things but our overall procedure our overall process is still about selling cars, still about selling oil changes and selling tires, you know, so, uh, or tears, Stevens Aaron calls them. <laughs> so, uh, <laughs> you know, there's, there's a lot that goes into that. And, and this project has been absolutely murder on me. I'm coordinating between the technology company and my own team. I'm getting trained on stuff that's not my day-to-day focus. I don't give a crap about how parts bills out their parts to, to the service department. I don't give a crap. It doesn't affect my day-to-day, but I need to know how it is so that I can support these guys after the trainers are gone. So I've had to train in every facet of the dealership, and it's worn me out. My brain hurts every day. So it's just, uh, you know, I'm, I'm, kinda, I'm not probably to the scale of what Gregor's going through right now, but, uh, you know, he's, he's working himself to the bone. His fingers are bleeding. And, uh, but we did talk that at the end of his project and at the end of my project, uh, we, we have discussed uh, getting together and maybe doing some scuba diving or something like that because it's just, you know, we've been buddies for two and a half years and we've never, we've never had the time in our lives to, to try to get together and do something like that. I know our alliance has talked about having to get together to kind of do like a barbecue or something like that. I mean, there's some, been some great friendships made here. And... Um, and I think that is probably what's been most important to a lot of us uh, in this game. And that's why maybe the investment's worth it. Are we paying for friendships? Uh, maybe. Uh, but it makes us feel better about being here because we have met some great people. You guys have met some great people here in this community. We've, we've met some amazing individuals, people who are doing big things in the world. Uh, we have a listener of this show who works for the Tesla Corporation. You know, that is cool. You know, uh, me and him have had some good conversations about cars and just, you know, stuff that they're doing. And it's just cool. Um, 
look at what was happening. Oh, and I haven't done this yet. By the way, uh, Sylvia's home, and man, she is amazing. Halen is is doing great. Tracy is, has talked. They they are resting easier. They're they're still waking up at night um, because Sylvia is so on point, so on point that she's alerting, and 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 Halen's blood sugar is shifting 20 or 30 points and and sylvia is alerting so this dog is better than any crazy enough this dog is better than any technology that halen has ever had better than a pump better than a monitor better than any finger poke or technology that they have ever had in their lives this dog can smell a difference in 20 points of her blood sugar so they're still getting up a lot at night because they're still working on regulating this now to even a tighter window. Uh, but Sylvie is predicting blood shifts. As in, Sylvie, will, Sylvie will, will notify, okay? She'll alert, and they'll take a blood sugar, and it hasn't moved like it's normal, right? And the trainer said that she can do this. She can sense a change coming. So they said if she alerts, and she tests normal, check it again in 15 minutes and see what happens then. Sylvie has not false alerted one time. Not a single time. But multiple times, she's alerted faster than her monitors. So if Halen is getting ready to drop, Sylvie knows about it before the computers do. All right? And, and, of course, we're not yet to the point where Sylvie can tell us, are you dropping or are you going high? Okay? So they still have to check it in 15 or 20 minutes. And, but then Sylvie's not been wrong. <laughs> She's not been wrong a single time. She is alerting, and then they have to wait 15 or 20 minutes just to figure out what to do about it. You know what I'm saying? So Sylvie has been just, what a blessing. What a godsend. Um... She is so amazing, and she's so playful. She's got such a sweet personality, and she's so extremely well-behaved. They've taken her in restaurants. They've taken her in stores. They've taken her to softball games, lots of distractions, lots of yelling, lots of whatever. She is just a blessing. She has been so incredible. No, we haven't taken her to Disney World yet. Um, (laughs) I haven't done that yet. But she is just absolutely, absolutely amazing. Um, so she, uh, she is changing uh, my family's life forever. And, uh, and gosh, you know, we, we haven't done an actual interview follow-up. I promise we will. I'll get you some video. I'll get you some pictures. I'll, I'll even let Sylvie talk to you. She can speak on command. Uh, she does, by the way. How about this? She does have... Uh, the, the technology to make an emergency call, okay? So the way that this is working, we weren't exactly sure how this is working. She's got an interface. There's something they had to buy for their phone. Um, and she is able, it's a generic message. That the, the recording sends the message. She just has an interface. She knows to touch this button, all right? And this button makes a call and alerts uh, of a diabetic emergency. But she also knows not to do that if, if there's an adult around. So if Tracy's around or TJ's around or anybody else is around that she can get, uh, she can alert the human. She only makes the phone call if no human responds. 
uh, whether the human doesn't respond or there's no human around or whatever, no adult, then she can make a call and this device will alert and transmit a GPS coordinate. Uh, it's just, I mean, it's incredible. This, and she is, she's capable of so many commands. She can get food. Uh, and, and it's not just audible commands. Halen can gesture uh, to her. It, it, let's say, for example, Halen was incapacitated, unable to speak. If she, can even, if she can even gesture, if she can lift her hand or her fingers to gesture what she needs, Sylvie can interpret that through a hand motion or through an audible command. She can go and get her, her med pack. She can go and get juice. She can go and get sugar, you know, uh, sugary snacks, like gummy snacks, whatever. It, it's just amazing what this dog can do. Uh, Mustang, we, we have talked about the vet insurance. So we haven't done anything with that yet. Uh, we, I mean, she only came home on the third. She's been home, gosh, eight days now. So we have not looked into that yet. I'm, I'm sure that we will. I'm sure that we're going to. I know that Tracy is taking it very, very seriously. As a matter of fact, uh, let me see if I can find this picture real quick. She, um, has, she has, uh, kind of like, like, uh, requirements, if you will, like for, um, for weather and things like that. So for example, they were at the ball field, uh, and it was a hot day. Let me see if we can find this picture. Tracy had to get this if they were going to spend a lot of time, you know, outdoors. Let me see if we can find this picture. Well, I have to go to bed. You should go to bed. It is late. I know. So, so here is Sylvie. Great day, night. It's good luck of fun. Uh, I don't want to put it in the we'll graphics. Get your best okay, my system. app is only letting me put it in the in the graphics room, so it's going to go there. But uh, you guys can take a look. It's going in the graphics room now. So Sylvie, uh, I, I guess because of how she alerts, because of how she smells or whatnot, she herself has to be temperature regulated. So they were out in the sun, and uh, she has her own little pup tent and a cot that is off the ground, and that is a cooling mat. Now, I don't know if it's, you know, powered or... Oh, did it not go? Yeah, oh, you know what? It, there it is. It's showing as an HEIC because it came from my phone. Hang on, let me copy. Sorry, stupid. Copy. I'll delete that one. Yeah, it's a stupid thing. Hang on, I'll, I'll paste it in. HEIC is, uh, is how iPhones... Uh, iPhones save my pictures. I don't even know how to fix that either. You can change that. Now, now it's posting a link. How, why? I don't want that either. Why can't I take this daggone picture? Okay, hang on. Maybe I can. Maybe I can <laughs> save the image. See, this is my this is my geezerism right here. I don't know how to share a damn picture. Take a screenshot. see if this works yep there it comes as a jpeg okay <clears throat> so there is sylvie in her little pup tent on a cot with a cooling pad all right i mean we're all sitting out in the sun <laughs> we're getting burnt all right sylvie is, yeah she's a very pampered puppy um so uh yeah but but they said that her because of the way she alerts she smells she, she has to be temperature regulated as well. So that's a cooling pad. 
And again, I don't know if it's just a pad maybe with like gel or something like that in it, but that's a cooling pad on a cot that sits off the ground. Uh, and, and she's got her own little, little pup tent there to keep her out of the sun. So the <laughs> rest of us are sitting out sweltering in the sunlight and there's, there's Sylvie sitting like a little queen, but you know, she, she deserves it. She is a queen. She's a lifesaver. And, uh, you know, she has, you can see in that picture, she's got her official service dog vest. So people have not really been messing with her, um, which is good, but, uh, she has so far not been denied anywhere. Like nobody has said a word. They've gone into restaurants. They've gone into post offices. They've gone into schools. Uh, nobody has has said a word. Which I mean, they're not really supposed to, right? That nobody nobody should be arguing against a service animal being admitted anywhere. Uh, but but you know, we expect that that that'll probably happen at some point. Oh, you can't have that here. Actually, by law, yeah, we can. She she keeps a human alive, so. Uh, but she is, she's a doll baby and, and she's sweet. She's playful. You know, she knows when it's okay to, to, to be playful, but she's always on alert. I mean, she could be playing, she could be playing fetch and, and she'll stop. She'll alert and, and crazy this. So this has been impressive to me. She can alert from up to probably 12 to 15 feet away. Isn't that crazy? Like she doesn't have to be on Halen. She can't, she doesn't have to come up and actually sniff her. Um, she can alert 10 to 10 to 15 feet away. Like, cause, cause she is a big dog. That's one thing. These pictures don't do her justice. She's big. Um, and so Tracy and TJ have kind of been handling her. Like, you know, when she's on a leash, they, they walk her. They don't let, they don't let Halen do that. Just, just in case, not that she's given any indication that she would run off or, or anything like that, but she's just a big dog. So Tracy and TJ usually keep her on the leash, but they can still alert. Even if Halen was across the table or across the room. So um, how does she alert? So Jesse says she barks. She will bark, but only if she can't get attention. What, what she does, her primary alert is she, she bumps Halen on her hip with her nose. Um, that's the, the first level of alert. She just bumps her with her nose. And, it, and it's an intentional bump. I mean, she'll look at her. And then she'll push her nose into her, and it's and it's I want to say a forceful, but you know it's an intentional bump. All right, so she bumps her with her nose, and that lets Halen know that she she needs to check. Okay, she just needs to check at that point. Um, now, if Sylvie detects uh, a diabetic emergency, which has happened once, she crashed. Her her blood sugar fell a hundred points in the span of five minutes. If she detects then she goes bonkers. She does. She screams and yells. She jumps. As a matter of fact, uh, the other day, uh, or, or if it's just a normal alert, but no one responds, okay? So the other day, uh, Mrs. DJ's was actually over there at the house, okay, at, at Tracy's house. Tracy and her came outside, all right? Tracy and her came outside to get something out of the car. Well, uh, Halen was inside. She was playing, doing whatever. Uh, we assume, all right, and Halen says that Sylvie alerted her, but but Halen didn't move. She didn't respond. She was playing a game or watching TV or whatever. She didn't respond. Sylvie came to the door, and the door was closed. They had a screen door, so, it, you know, the, the glass was there, but you, you could hear. Sylvie came to the door and just went bonkers trying to get Tracy's attention, barking, screaming, yelling, yipping, jumping, trying to bang at the door uh, to try to get Tracy's attention. Well, obviously, Tracy heard. 
came inside and and Halen was Halen was dropping. So she'll she's got a way to to notify, but she also knows to escalate if if somebody ain't paying attention. Uh, so we've we've seen her go bonkers twice, uh, but usually yeah, it's just a, a just a a careful intentional bump with her nose right into her hip, and it's always in the same spot. She she knows where to where to touch her. So it's cool, man. It's cool. Um, when uh, so to because I was a little bit worried about this. Not to take an hour talking about Sylvie. I was a little bit uh, worried about this that you know eventually maybe she would not alert anymore because you know listen dogs have to be maintained you know you train them but you got to continue to train you got to continue to keep up their positive reinforcement you know for them to continue to behave that way you can't ever stop the training so every single time she does any command no matter what it is Halen carries around so whatever whatever they used obviously it's something dogs can have bukus of okay it's some type of treat but obviously not one that they can't have a bunch of because Halen carries around everywhere she goes it is it is a part of her now she has to carry around this little this little knapsack or this little you know waistband full of full of treats all right it's her goodie bag uh it doesn't matter whatever command it is no matter what if it's just sit all right she gets rewarded if she complies so you can never stop the training every command is followed up with positive reinforcement in a treat and when she detects, when she when she alerts, they throw her uh, what and my fingers quotes are in the air. They call her a party. They 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 throw her a party, and she gets like five treats, because that's an important function, right? So they want to keep that reinforced. So if she alerts, um, then she gets a party, and she gets she gets a handful of treats. If she false alerts, now get this: if she false alerts, you completely ignore. Her. You don't speak to her. You don't yell. You don't, you don't scold. You just completely ignore her. No treat. You don't look at her. As a matter of fact, they said to turn your back. And apparently dogs hate that. <laughs> so, so the proper negative reinforcement for, uh, for a dog who, who alerts when she shouldn't have alerted is to just ignore her. Turn your back. And apparently that is just an ultimate kicking the crotch for a dog i mean you think about it dogs dogs are just some of the most loving creatures on the planet they want to be in your face all the time you turn your back on a dog uh it's probably about the same as slapping one in the face you know um so that's that's what they've said to do if she but just to be clear sylvie hasn't false alerted once not a single time um they uh they do you know like i said they've alerted when she hasn't started her her drop or her rise yet but they said, you know, before you, before you, you know, punish, you got to wait about 15 minutes because she might be telling you something before it even happens. And so far, she hasn't, she has not falsely alerted a single time. She's been just such, and, and I'll tell you this, this company that we got this, uh, I, I can't even remember the name of the company now. You know, Sylvie was a rescue dog. They, this company does this with rescues. These are not bred animals. These animals were not bred for this purpose. They take rescues and train them to be service animals. Uh, I can't remember. It was uh, Miracle Mutts, I think is what it's called. You guys, uh, we know it's in Indianapolis. I think it's Miracle Mutts. Let me look here. Indianapolis. 
service dog training. Here it is. Medical mutts. Medical mutts service dogs. That's who trained him or trained Sylvie. Medical mutts. Uh, and they're, they're mutts because they're not bred. There's no blood background. These dogs are from a shelter. These dogs are from a shelter. So Sylvie was a rescue. When medical mutts picked her up, she was two months old. Picked up on the side of a road. And now <laughs> she's freaking super puppy. It's easy, it's easy to get emotional about this. I'm trying not to do that today. But yeah, she, this dog was dropped off on the side of a road by someone who couldn't bother to find her a home. You know what? I know that there's a lot of animals out there that don't have the good fortune of being picked up by a group like Medical Mutts or like Patriot Paws or even by a family. All of our animals in our entire family have come from the shelter. I've never paid for an animal you know, to be bred or anything like that. I know some people do. I got no judgment on that, all right? None at all. Just my personal preference is, you know, if, if I want an animal, there's many animals in need without me breeding one just to spend an inordinate amount of money for it to be the same four-legged animal who's going to love me to death, you know? So um, so this, this little puppy, two months old, dropped off on the side of the road, picked up by the shelter, and medical mutts picked her up, and now she is now she has something just she has a purpose that is just paramount and she's so young she'll be with Halen for for 15 years minimum you know so and truck and chick you're right and this is true just as a, as a point of awareness you ever see a dog a service animal with their vest an official by the way it is a felony a felony to put a service animal vest on an animal that is not certified, all right? So not many people are going to do it. If you ever, and truck and chick, you're right, if you ever see a service animal without their person, go with that animal, all right? They are trained to come and find an adult, all right? And, and if they're without their person, there's something wrong. You go with that animal. Call somebody. Call 911. That dog is alerting you, all right? That dog is telling you, I need help. So if you ever see a service vest without a person, you you do what you need to do. Follow that dog. So just here's, here's your little PSA. Yeah, no, just Sylvie's amazing. She's been great. She's been so wonderful. A miracle, man. She's a miracle. Yeah, Jesse says, I didn't know that or think of it before. It's... You know, I kind of, I teased, I go back to like the old Lassie episodes. Lassie was always the one, man, Jimmy stuck down in the well again. She'd always come and get somebody. But you know what? Every episode, buddy, Lassie went and got somebody. Lassie was the first televised service animal <laughs> or whoever it was. I don't remember who, who was Lassie's dog or who was Lassie's person. Uh, I don't remember what his name was. He had always fallen in the well. He was always in the damn well. <laughs> Jimmy. Jimmy. There you go. T Timmy. Oh, Timmy. Okay, not Jimmy. Timmy. Timmy's falling in the well again. All right. It was always a damn well. Lassie would always come. Get somebody. Come help Timmy. Timmy is always getting in trouble. So, uh, yeah, that's, that's what they do. They'll come and get you. They'll go crazy. They'll bark and yell. And uh, they're trying to get you to come. Uh, 
took me a while to get my head around that there was more than one Lassie. Yeah, wasn't there like three or four of them that they used in that show? Yep. And crazy enough, like they were all they, they, I mean, they all, too. Yeah, they all looked the same, and they were all trained the same. I mean, they all were able to perform the functions of the show very well. Well, it helped that it was a black and white show too. Yeah, uh, yeah, probably true. Do you uh, you want to hear a funny story? I'm sure you guys could all find this. There was an article I read. It's not that old, maybe six months or a year. Brett Spiner uh, was asked, who was the worst actor you have ever worked with? You know what his answer was? It was Spot. He said that cat was so, and there were two of them. He said that cat, those cats were so contrary, would never do what they were supposed to do. He said literally most scenes with Spot were improvised. And you think about him improvising an android, you know, responding to that cat. Like, I can think of a few episodes where, like, Spot would jump up on the counter or he would try to get Spot some food, right? And Spot would either eat or not eat. They never knew. As a matter of fact, the episode where, where Data was talking about how contrary he was with his diet and how he wouldn't eat or he was very picky eater, I think it was a scene with Worf, all right? entire scene was improvised because actually the cat was supposed to eat and data was going to tell Worf what he would eat but the cat wouldn't eat so brent spiner improvised the scene to say you know whatever this one you know won't work or he only eats this or that or whatever um michael dorn and brent spiner did that entire scene completely improvised because the damn cat would not do what it was supposed to do so he jokes, uh, he jokes, the worst actor he ever worked with was the actor who played Spot. Uh, and he said, no scene ever went according to script. <laughs> None. No screen ever went according to script. Uh, he said, every scene with Spot was always improvised. And uh, he said he hated that cat. He said, he, I don't think he actually hated it. I think it was a love-hate relationship. He, I mean, he said, obviously, you know, I did kind of adore the cat. But, man, it was impossible to work with the cat. He was like, because it never did what it was supposed to do. And it was supposed to be trained. And that cat was like, F y'all. <laughs> he said that, too. He's like, that cat was a bitch. And, and Brett Spiner's not known for holding back. If you can catch him in an unedited, ep, uh, unedited interview, he cusses a lot. And he, he has no nice things to say about that cat. <clears throat> yeah, tell him he's a pretty cat and a good cat. That's that whole scene improvised. That was not in the script. Brent Spiner came up with that on his own. I tell you, Brent Spiner's pretty damn good. He remains one of my favorite actors of all time. I know Michael Dorn looks like he's gonna squeeze him like a tube of tea. <laughs> because they had to. The cat kept getting away. He had to hold that cat tight because the cat was trying to get away. The interview that I read with Brent Spiner was exactly about that scene. It was about food, and Michael Dorn was in that scene. They were talking about it. They, both of them. Both of them hated that cat. Love hate. Love hate. But, yeah, they hated working with him. They loved the cat, but they hated shooting scenes with him because they, they always had to make, make it up. Make it up. Now, I, never, I don't think I ever knew that Spot was ever referred to as a she. Was Spot ever referred to in the series as a she? I don't think so. I know that they used a female cat. But Spot is a boy cat. I don't, I don't remember that they actually referred to Spot as a female in the show. 
I know that they used a female cat, but I don't think they actually referred to Spot as a female. Spot had kittens? Did Spot have kittens? Yeah, I do remember that. I forgot about it that. Was, it was late in the series. Yeah, somebody says season seven. Chronic breaks. Yeah, yeah but that what that was the lizard show. I mean, oh yeah, well, that kind of no, I don't know if that actually if that actually qualifies. I mean, I guess I know there's still boy girl or boy lizards and girl lizards, but didn't didn't Jurassic Park teach us that? that girl lizards could still have babies. <laughs> the boy lizards could still have babies. They would just they would just grow their extra chromosome and still have babies. Nature finds a way. And nature finds a way. That's right. Chaos theory. Okay. Was it frogs? Well still still amphibious in nature. <laughs> Maybe. Ah, <laughs> uh, yes. There you go. All right. See this has been an hour and 15 minutes of absolutely nothing game-driven. But could be gold, I guess. We could upload it, but it's not been interesting. I've just been chitter-chattering about a service animal. Janeway in Paris made little baby lizards. That's right. Janeway in Paris made... Yeah, but were they actually lizards? They were like some advanced metamorphic... Like, that was a forward generation. It wasn't that... That wasn't de-evolution. That was super fast evolution. That's apparently what we're all going to salamander. Yeah, we're going to we're all going to turn into the salamander slug like in 50,000 million years. Ugh. <clears throat> there we go. Sounds like fun. We're going to use our iPads. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Well, since uh Stevens Aaron I haven't even begun to edit the show, I should probably do that, but it's nine o'clock, so I should probably go get dinner on the table for the missus who has worked all day, and the baby who's probably inside and already eaten a box of honey buns. Um, late to the party is on the stage. Come on in, buddy. What you got? Yeah, she's not going to be happy. I mean, dinner's made. They could have eaten. They might be waiting on me. I hope they're not because I made dinner. All right, uh, late to the party. Welcome to the stage. Hey, DJ. Uh, real quick, so you were talking about, um, well, we whine and complain about everything, no matter how good it is, whatever Scopely <laughs> does is bad. I know I, I so, did. I did draw. I did draw very close to losing my temper there for a minute. I shouldn't have. I hope I didn't offend that's anybody. Right. <laughs> I do. So I'm an airline pilot, and uh, we uh, we say it doesn't matter how much you pay us. If you uh, if you're paying us in gold bars, we complain about how heavy it is. Like kind of feel that's about uh, about how we are. The gaming community, as a general rule, is incredibly difficult to pacify. I mean that that is a, that's a thing. It's not just this community. It's most gaming communities. Um, and I well, don't. I mean, I love I couldn't fix it a single time, but that. You know, <laughs> I don't know why that is, really. I, you know, really truthfully, I don't feel like we're this demanding in in a lot of other industries. I mean, I'm not this demanding in a restaurant. I'm not this demanding in a in a in a car dealership or in a retail store. You know, but yeah, I mean, even even me to some degree, I'm very quick to speak up about the smallest thing I don't like. Why is that? Why do we feel? That it that it's our job to write the software. Why do we why do we feel it's our job to be able to dictate how the game is played? 
you know we're giving hopefully our our free time that's it's pretty valuable well i get it we're the consumers we pay the money but at the, i mean you go to walmart i've used this example a million times you go to walmart and they've got yellow chairs and red chairs and blue chairs but you wanted a green chair you don't stamp your feet up and down and demand a green chair you just don't buy that day you come back when they've got a green chair or you buy it somewhere else or you don't buy it all or you just suck it up and you buy the blue chair but we don't stand in the middle of the store and scream that they're liars and cheats and thieves and deceptive because they they advertised in the newspaper that they had green chairs for 1999 and then they're sold out of green chairs you know what i'm saying like it, it, we behave differently in this game well, yeah. well reading's hard too. People who just read half the time they would uh, you know understand but my real question is all right so this this arc is like forever long normally three to four months and this thing's gonna go till christmas um but so are they going to compensate with the length with a better event store with an event store that is worth the six month i hope not wait i hope so i have not seen the design of the event store yet okay so i don't know i can't speak to that i know that i have i have uh been very vocal about that one thing that that maybe concerns me a little bit and and i probably should be slightly cautious in how i word this but one thing that does slightly concern me a little bit because they're blurring the lines they've talked about Riker week and picard week as mini event stores and while technically they were i which i get they see i put that in a different category i put that in the category as successful officer sourcing so don't don't devalue it. Don't take it away. Don't mean don't say that that was supposed to be the event store that holds us over. You know what I'm saying? Uh, so that's that's kind of the message that I've been pushing is is, you know, listen, let's not let's not blur our definitions. I don't want you to consider that as an event store. I want you to consider that as successful current arc officer sourcing. Um, yeah, even though they did offer a few other things. They offered some faction credits. They offered the Meridian parts, you know, things like that. Uh, it was not as broad. It did not have Stella BPs. It did not have Vidar BPs. It didn't have skin BPs or skin, you know, it didn't have G3 or G4 ships. It didn't have materials and resources or officer XP or recruit tokens or whatever else you were going to buy office, you know, any officer. I mean, hell, we haven't had data available since the month one. So, my my biggest piece of advice to them has been let's not blur our definitions let's not refer to picard week and riker week as an event store let's call that you finally got officer sourcing good you know and let's treat an event store as a very strong six-month event store because i mean it's going to be we had our last event store in in March, and then I guess arguably we had that really weak one in, for one week in April with Borg. So March was the last full-on event store. So, And, you know, maybe, maybe they're trying to make us forget a little bit too because if you recall, we had the Christmas event store, which was trip, double, triple great, all right? March's event store was double, triple great, but it wasn't supposed to be, you remember? And I, I suspect maybe Stevens Aaron, I hope, I hope that they're just trying to maybe help us forget about that a little bit by going so much time because I do know that they want to get back to the original model. 
But at the same time, it has been six months. So if you use the double triple model, you know what I'm saying? It, it wouldn't be it wouldn't be unfathomable. Yeah, I hope so. It wouldn't be yeah. unfathomable for them to use the double triple model since it's been twice as long. Uh, so I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> well, I know see, what they should have done. done. What they should have done is done a mid discovery. Yeah. I mean, it's the only place you can get. I'm waiting on the second half of my second Stella for what yeah. four or five months. I've I've yeah. made recommendations. See, what they should have done is they should have done it in, a, in month three. They should have done it in arc three. You know, kept kind of a similar timeline of how many you know event stores we have, and it would have t- worked out well just to have a mid. We kind of did with the Picard store and then the Riker, but it wasn't like an event store like we normally have. Well, and that's we that's get, why like, I've tried to urge a little bit of caution. I've tried to urge a little bit of caution not to not to confuse yeah. those. Like as a community, I feel that we've looked at those no. not as an event store, but as no, they're not as no. as no, officer not. sourcing. And and I, I fear yeah. I fear that they may that they may be defining it as you know like a mini event store, and so. Uh, you know, I, I've just been, I've been very cautiously optimistic, but I've also, you know, been planting that little bug in their ear that, that the event store is going to have to be pretty phenomenal. Cause we, we are looking at it like it's been six months, you know? So that's, that's kind of how I've presented it. And, and, you know, they've been receptive to yeah, having a, conver- a decent amount of loot. Yeah. We'll they've, they've been respe- receptive <laughs> to having that conversation. But like I said, the argument yeah. is typically that they come back and be like, well, you had Riker week and you had Picard week. And I'm like, yeah, but we're, we're chalking that up to, to finally you guys getting officer sourcing, you know, moving in the right direction, you know, not that it's, uh, not that it's, uh, you know, well, an actual event store. (laughs) It's like calling cosmic cleanup an event store. It's not really an event store. What up? Did we lose DJ? No, I'm here. Hey. Sorry, I just got a. I actually just got a message from uh, somebody over at HQ. I was just responding real quick. <clears throat> I don't know if they're listening right now or not. Just got a message. Three pylons for everybody. Just got a message with three dots. That's not usually a good start to a PM. Uh oh. Uh oh. We'll see what that's about. Um, anywho, what's up, G? I was just talking about you earlier. I was talking. I didn't reveal our super secret surprise, but I did reveal. You know, I, I was talking about like your time in game and and you know generally about your work project taking so many hours. You haven't been playing as much, and I was telling them that we were talking on the phone the other day. I'd consider you like a real true friend, somebody I want to meet up with. Uh, outside of this game, and I told him that if we ever had the chance to, we had something super special in store. But uh, did yeah. not did not allude to any anything about what that would be. But um, no, we, we were actually crazy enough. It came about we were talking about addiction to Star Trek Fleet Command, like how if the game is truly an addiction for players, and and arguably I think that it is. And, and it, it actually brought me back to you because you had told me that you were playing far less, maybe four to five hours a week now instead of four to five hours a day. And, uh, and I'd made the comment that I was worried that you would, you would eventually be able to break free of this vicious cycle. Um, no, I like playing it. I just don't have the time, man. If I had the time, I would play it more. Yeah. But, yeah. That's but, no, it's, I mean, you know, 
it's like it is an addiction and that <clears throat> you want to play it but i mean that's like calling your kids xbox an addiction which it probably is i don't know maybe that's a bad example i guess maybe that is an addiction i don't know they do play that stuff a lot Sorry, I'm I'm texting here. Hang on. Well, uh, mine is for work, so one day I'll be able to play all day if I want. That's Maybe. true. That's, that's that's the goal, right? That's the goal. Um. So, anywho, yeah, we were just kind of chatting about that a little bit ago. Um, uh, about wood players if they if they were able to break free, if they were able to somehow separate themselves from what they feel as something they need to do or an obligation to their team or whatnot, would they actually come back and play? And uh, and we had talked about some players who, for example, may have gotten stressed out. I'm like, ah, eh, you know, go throw a seven-day or go throw a 30-day. You enjoy some sunlight and enjoy some free time. And, you know, sometimes we don't see those players again, which is sad. Um, but, you know, that means People they were able to – People get stressed out in the game or just frustrated? Both. But I get a couple of PMs a day about what players uh, are, are having reality-wise or perception-wise on their server. Like, you know, and not that they're not merited at all, but, like, here's here's a PM uh, really frustrated about a griefer on their server. He can't mine, you know. Now, could he mine if he uses some of the some of the stuff we've talked about? Sure, but it's not what he's used to, and he's got a player that's griefing the hell out of him. So he's he's not enjoying things right now, and – and he's asking for Scopely for help. Well, Scopely's not going to do anything. The guy's just PvP. He's just killing miners, you know. But but it's disruptive to players in that environment. And so, yeah, this guy's stressed. He's stressed out. And and he says that players on his team have quit, you know, which is never the ideal goal. But, but I mean, you know, what what is a griefer's true goal? To make somebody quit? To have that power, you know? Or is it just about gameplay? I mean, I, I, know, I do know some assholes. Who just grieve to see if they can, can if they can exert that power over somebody. But then I also know some people who just like the PvP. They're not. I mean, they're not bad people. They just, you know, hey, you're at war. Then let's be at war. And I'm gonna kill your miners all day. You know. So you want to you want that to stop? Then give me what I want or end the war or this or that. You know, some of those people are great people. They're just playing the game the way they want to play it. Where do you draw the line? And and how should a player? deal with a scenario like that uh it's it's tough and it varies server to server it varies player to player and and yeah this particular server apparently or this particular alliance has had a couple of people either quit or take a break or or just get worn out by this cat and and you know and and that sadly that's not unique i yeah i, I bet you i bet you I get one of those a day on average yeah I mean, but the person can still mine. They just can't mine the way they want to mine. Yes, it, but it disrupts their, their normal flow. Yep. I think, I think, uh, what, don't you have that initiative for quality of life stuff that you were talking about on one of the shows? Yeah. Recently? Mm-hmm. I think Scopely needs to spend a lot of time there. Like I know we, we talk about that a lot, but I hope that I hope that they after, are. I especially hope that after they are. like years of the game. 
they really got to focus on that. I hope that they are. I mean, I've been told don't expect it all at once. You know, I mean, I've been straight up told that by by somebody who directly reports to Keenzer. Okay, so I mean, I, I was able to have a meeting pretty high up. I was told don't expect this all at once. Um, but you know, if you feel like this stuff's important, which obviously I said it was, then then we can look at you know reiterating this over time, maybe. And they said, what you know, do you feel would it be acceptable if we were able to maybe knock one of these out a month? I said that's exactly what I'm looking for. I'm not looking for thirty man hours. You know, I'm looking for like four or five man hours a month just to fix one event a month and bring it up to today's economical standards. I said, I think the players would see that, recognize it, be happy with it because it hasn't happened. And if you can show us definitively effort being made to refresh previous events, within six months, we'll have them all. But within six months, we'll have to do it again for events that are introduced now. You know what I'm saying? Like, it'll be a constant thing. If you can dedicate five man hours a month to housekeeping, then we'll never need to go back. You know what I'm saying? It'll never stack up again. So that's um, that's what I've encouraged them to do. Now, whether or not that actually happens, I hope. But, I mean, I personally, I don't I, – I, based off what I know of their processes, I really truly think Faction Hunt could be redesigned within five hours. You guys say it's click, click, click. It's not, I can promise you. But I do think it could be done within five hours. It could be done within a half a day of one of these guys. So if, if we could get half a day or three-quarter of a day or even one day a month where one person was dedicated to refreshing one old event, then I think we could see very strong improvements, you know, consistently. And I think that's important. I guess I guess what wears or partially what wears me down on the game is the uh, the reiteration, like they you know how many Armada events are we gonna have this arc and last arc and the arc before that and yeah they're making quality of life improvements and that they fix some of the spawn stuff well at least for normal space they fix the spawn that's good but. I don't know. Aren't you guys kind of tired of running armadas? Mm, I don't know. I I feel like I feel like you're constantly like, oh, I need to get more directives. Oh, I need to get more directives. I don't know. Feels a little cyclic. Maybe I don't know. I don't have that problem because I don't run rares. I'm in I'm in a big alliance, but really, truthfully, we don't run we don't run a lot of rares and epics. I mean, we do. But, I mean, most events lately have been around damage, so you can do it with uncommons, and I feel like there's thousands. I mean, I've got 12,000. I did have 12,000 uncommon directives when this whole push started. I'm down to, like, 9,900 now uh, uncommon directives, so I've used a lot. But, I mean, most of these have not been contingent on rare or epic. You might get better points, but, I mean, if everybody has thousands of uncommon directives, you're going to get your points. You might just have to do an extra couple of armadas to do it. You know what I'm saying? So I um... let me ask you a question, DJ. On your server, mm-hmm. on your server, how often is Armada stealing a thing? Never. That's see, it's this 15 minute timer thing. I agree with whoever put that in chat. Uh, Snake Eyes was it Snake Eyes? Somebody said something about 15 minute timer. He said he says there's an Armada running every 15 minutes all day every day in our alliance, and he's correct. Our team. Oh, Chronic Break said it wouldn't, uh, it wouldn't be so bad if they gave us a start now button. The waiting to start time that sucks for reals. 
I, yeah. I, me personally, okay, uh, this is where I do differ a little bit, but I totally get both sides of the aisle. I understand why the community wants a start now button. It's a lot of wasted time, and that's what everybody argues about. It's efficient. It's a waste of time. We're sitting here. We're waiting. Just let us start it. The reason originally that that timer was made that way is because they wanted PvP. They wanted people fighting over armadas. Now, that doesn't happen very often unless you're at war, uh, and then in war, you're getting PvP on armadas. Uh, but that is not affecting probably 75% of the player base. So, um, you know, you got that. Now, Grand Vampire says reduce it to five minutes then. I'll tell you why that doesn't work, okay? I'll tell you, you, gotta do, you have to do 15 minutes, but a start now would solve a lot of problems. You can't do five minutes. No, Jess can't do five minutes because people don't watch chat. People don't pre-call. People don't pre-organize their teams. They wait for the notifier, okay? So, well, yeah, but you can, Jesse, but people don't, all right? If you give them a five-minute timer, no one's ever going to show up. They're going to call in. They're not going to make it. Or they're going to call in. And they'll be like, oh, out. I can't make it, all right? Same thing happens for me right now in exchange space. It's about – it's almost a seven-minute warp. So I kind of either have to be on my way or already there if I'm going to participate in MUDs. Um, if I just see a notifier pop up, I'm not going to be able to change crew and change ship fast enough to warp over there unless I'm going to use a disco. Um, so five-minute timers don't work because you need the travel time, but a start now button gives you the flexibility of doing that. But it also removes the PvP aspect, which might not be heavily utilized, but is utilized by some players, which is also the original intent. I, I have presented both sides of this argument to Scopely. I've presented pros and cons. It's been discussed. I've done my duty to the community by arguing for a start now button, but I also acknowledge why it's never been done. Uh, and why it's never been done is because it was never the original intent. Um, uh, but, so. but you say like start now would remove PvP, but how is that the case? I mean, start now only removes PvP because you've got your entire crew there and you could otherwise start the Armada. But your other argument is five minutes is too short, so start now is really not usable under five minutes. I don't yeah, I don't think you know what I'm saying right. like it's a little Because yeah. you need the you need the travel time because no one's gonna be able to get most places within five minutes. Even seven minutes is pushing it, ten minutes would be more arguable if you were gonna keep it on a fixed loop. Now I have offered the compromise of making it ten minutes. You know, like just flat. But if you do the start, here's the thing, people aren't paying attention, they're not pre calling, so they're waiting for it to show up in chat. Then they call in, or then they start to fly. They're not prepared. Some of them even still show up with the wrong crew. All right. But how you're eliminating the PvP is you're reducing the chance of an enemy to find you. The longer you're out there, the more likely that an enemy can find you, and the more likely that an enemy can intercept you if, in fact, you do have an enemy. Uh, by shortening the timer or by allowing a start now, you are reducing the enemy's abilities to find and get to you. Are you, though? And I'll say that for of two course. reasons. Of course you are. Because, because A, uh, you're implying that the only time they could hit you is when you have an armada running. Like, you still had to go into that system. You wait there for your teammates to show up. They could do it at any time. They could do it, you know, I don't know, from wherever you started from, right? Like, they can hit you anywhere in space. You're just saying, 
you're forced to sit in one place for 15 minutes. But you don't and have so, to. You don't have right, to sit there. And you don't have to sit there. You're right. But mm-hmm. but everybody does, right? So I guess that's the advantage is somebody's sitting static for 15 minutes. And so well, but that's, that's their strategy. Higher. If you play an Armada, if you're at war and you play an Armada with strategy, then you're showing up with 15 or 16 seconds left on the timer. You're, ti- you're showing up with a two- to three-second buffer before the circle locks you, all right? And there's strategy involved with that because if you show up too late, then you're late and you missed. And if you show up too early, then you get the risk of death. So, you know, not only that, but but I've been at war doing armadas. Sometimes there's strategy involved. Let's say there's somebody there waiting on you. Maybe somebody like you, Gregor, a level 50 bro, I can't kill. Well, I'm going to bring a couple of botany bays to at least try to tie you up until I can get locked in the circle. There's ways to play it, you know, and that, and that's why I do. I personally, I like the current model because if you're at war, then you can overcome it. If you're not at war, then, you know, whatever. You're just, you're just wasting time. But that's also not to say that you couldn't be. I'm a huge fan, and I've said this on the show. You can cascade your starts. Just because I'm in one doesn't mean I'm going to sit in that circle for 15 minutes. Hopefully, three or four other people on my team have each started one about three minutes apart, and, and we're just going wham, bam, 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 bam. I see your comments, Snake Eyes. Snake Eyes says uh, it may be a tech issue, but what you could do is, is you know, if you have all spots starred, then drop the timer to, say, three minutes or 90 seconds or even 60 seconds. If you've got everybody there and you star them, then that's basically you giving your thumbs up, go ahead, start. I can see that being something that can work. To be honest with you, Snake Eyes, I agree with you a thousand percent. I don't think they got the tech for that. You know, I do think they have the tech for a start now. That seems simple, Um, but maybe not. Who who knows? I don't know about that either. But like I say, I I, kind of argue that Doing that can eliminate the PV, the PVP factor, even if that factor was already small, you know. But the, the argument is efficiency and time, which I do. I mean, I've said that a million times. I'm all about making something work faster for me, so I I get both sides of it. But I've been I've been at war with armadas. I like disrupting armadas, and I like defending my own armadas. So I would be disappointed to see that aspect disappear. That's the same reason, for example, I don't like, uh, for example, uh, and I'm not going to name any names, but a player sent me a suggestion about auto-recalling on a zero node. Okay, I know that that's a, a, a thing that maybe a lot of people would really like. I don't. It removes player accountability. It removes, I, I don't want to say strategy per se, but it removes player responsibility and accountability. I don't like that suggestion. Anything that makes us lazier, I'm not a big fan of. You know, so that's that's just kind of me. Well, and I, I guess I guess I I understand what you're saying about you like that aspect and taking advantage of it for PvP. But my argument is it's rarely used, and if you're at war, they're not waiting anyways. Like they're probably going to hit you when you come to the system. They're probably going to catch you as your guys are trying to join. I mean. You're not well, if they get there, what, what if they what, yeah. what if they happen to see you two minutes late? What if they're scanning systems and they happen to stumble upon your armada? You know what I'm saying? Having a static 15 minutes there is going to give them a greater percentage chance of finding you. Um, if you can do a start now and you're only there for four minutes, then that's 11 minutes of scanning systems that that player did not have the chance to do for you. 
You know what I'm saying? And again, yeah. I do fully admit there's not a lot of armada disruption that's happening today. Uh, I mean, it's got, a, it's only guys, happening at war, but you guys heard it here first. DJ's for you wasting 11 minutes sitting in space. No, I don't think you're wasting it. I'm, I'm kidding. I don't think you're wasting it. I think you use that time wisely. I think you, you're cascading three other armadas. Or if you are in a hostile situation with another team, then you're showing up with 12 seconds with your armada ship and four or three botany base. You know what I'm saying? Like, that can be fun. Listen, guys, I'm telling you, try this with an alliance. Just, just You know what? Do it for 12 hours and do it just on uncommons. Make a deal. I issue you a challenge community make a deal with an alliance that you're friendly with to hunt each other's uncommons and you guys run uncommons i mean surely there's got to be a surplus of those don't do it on rares or epics i know they cost money do it on uncommons and pvp each other not miners don't do minor hunting don't do base tapping just uncommon armadas jesse says that's silly i disagree it's great fun it's great fun do it. Beat them. Keep a score. How many successful armadas have you run? How many successful armadas have they run? I tell you what, if you can draw this up with an alliance, make it official, choose a date, create some rules, all right, and somebody keep, keep score, one on each side, and, and at the end of it, if you guys can agree on a winner and there's, and there's points involved, I will award a prize to every member of the winning alliance. Ares has asked us to create these times, these types of community games. All right? This is a perfect one. Fix it up. Do one day or 12 hours. I don't care. Set it up with, with a team that you're friendly with where there's not going to be any butt hurt. And do it just on uncommons. And keep tally. Who can finish more? And I don't mean go do one or go do two or whatever. I mean actively hunt each other. I want a kill counter. I want to I wanna see how many player ships were killed. I want to see how many armadas were disrupted. I want to see how many were successful. It's not a waste of time. It's not a waste of time, Soggy. Yeah. I will offer a worthwhile prize to every member of the winning alliance. I just got on here saying, oh, I feel like there's too many armada events. <laughs> and now you're encouraging an armada event to play. That's player-driven. <laughs> yeah. Silly of me. I just th I think players don't appreciate how much fun it can be to actually fight over an armada because it can actually be fun. Well, that's how the Rialto Wars started because we used to do a back in beta before official release and then a few other servers, like once official release came around, you know, we used to do Rialto Wars and just, you know, we made our own events kind of thing. Yeah, that was not very popular when it came out. The redo of Rialto Wars again. And Jesse, I'm it's not, like, saying, I'm not like, saying all the time. I'm saying one day. Do it one day. You know, or one like, day time. Uh, 12 hours. It's like Rialto Wars back in the day was when the kids had some new slang. And then once your parents start, it's yeah. like Facebook, right? <laughs> now your parents are like, hey, let's all get on Facebook. And they're like, nah, yeah. never mind. It was cool. And now it's not cool anymore. I mean, it can work. And I'm not saying waste your directives. Yeah. And, and let's be clear. Dial M. Hard-earned directives are not exactly uncommon. So, okay, you're, you're doing those. For, you're getting them in dailies. All right, and I'm not saying do it in rare. And besides, hey, listen, as a side effect of you guys running a bunch of uncommons, you're probably going to pick up a few rare directives along the way. All right, so so you know there could be a side effect for you. All right, but I mean, most people probably 
Most people probably have a lot of uncommons. Maybe not thousands. All right, but most people probably got a lot. Okay, and you get them from dailies. So, you know, and and listen, maybe you don't, but maybe people on your team do. I hoarded them for a long time. My alliance was running them, so I didn't. I had 12,000, none of which came from Scopely, by the way. Those were all just dailies and events and this and that. I just never spent them because every one of my alliance ran them. I was a total freeloader. All right, but now today, I probably ran what this morning, Snake Eyes? 15 or 20 in a row just because I had them. And I was low on uncommon credits, so I ran a bunch and let a bunch of people come in, and and they were uncommons only. But, I mean, uncommon credits are a little bit more important today than they used to be, so do it, all right? But um, I'm telling you, it, it can be fun. and Consider it a war game or a drill, all right? Even Snake Eyes, who's not overly aggressive, comes in here and says it keeps you on your toes. Rolling armadas, can't remember where you're supposed to be. You need all the time, all right? Organize where you're supposed to be. Get better. Get precise. Learn. Sharpen your skills. All right? It, it, it can be a thing, and it can be fun, and I'm not suggesting do it all the time, but it's fun when, when we've done it. I like War with Armadas. It encourages smart gameplay. I can fight. Listen, if Gregor was on my server... And he was bound and determined to disrupt my armada. I stand a better than 50% chance at holding him off while my armada runs successfully. Better than average. Because I am good at that. I, I was in an alliance that was in war all the time. I know how to run armadas at war. You guys would benefit from that. You, you have a 50% chance of holding off a level 50. Yes. Just cheap-ass ships? They can send six ships. I've got six players, each with five ships. Oh, as an alliance, I see. Well, yeah, okay. no, I'm not talking about soloing an armada. No, that I mean, that would be difficult. All right, that would be difficult. And to be honest with you, most of the time that I'm warring, I don't have that enemy player sending all six ships. He's got two or three ships out mining, and he's got maybe one ship hunting somewhere else, or he's doing PvE somewhere else, or he's going to another armada target. Most of the time, I was defending against two or three ships. And most of the time, I was coming out on top because I can tie up those two or three ships. Now, yeah, Gregor, if you and your entire team showed up with all six ships, but think about it practically. Does that happen? Never, because you're going to have ships out mining. You're going to have ships doing other things. You're never going to disrupt an armada and bring all six ships. It's not going to happen. But now you bring five of your friends, it's a totally different ballgame. And yes, I've been outnumbered before, and I will lose that one. All right? If I've got six enemy players, even bringing two or three ships, I'm likely to lose that. But I got one or two players showing up with one or two ships, I got pretty good odds. All right? Is it a guarantee? Of course not. You got to time it out wonderfully. Those botany bays have to show up at just the right second. Your armada ship has to show up at just the right second. You have to attack at just the right second. But I can keep that level 50 bro tied up long enough for me to get inside the circle and down under 10 seconds. It can happen. It's fun. And maybe not all the time, obviously. But run a drill. Do it for 24 hours. It's fun. It's fun. LMNOP says warp timers need to be correct for that. I don't disagree, but you can still account for that. You can account for that even now. 
warp cancel and then restart, it, it's close. The only one that doesn't work super well on is the ISS Jelly, but it, it even, like the end timer is right. What you need to do with the Jelly is you have to warp to the system's edge. You can't warp somewhere in the system. If you want the timer to be accurate, you got to warp and warp cancel. And then you have to restart the warp, but not impulsing anywhere in. You have to impulse, or you have to warp right at the system's edge, and the timer will be accurate. Okay? I know it's kind of a pain in the butt, but that's how you get around it. Stella's easy. Warp and warp cancel. The jelly is harder. You got to warp and warp cancel, and you got to warp to the to the system's edge. But it will work. So... Anywho, I know Gregor didn't come in here to start an hour-long conversation on Armadas. You know what? We've got a two-hour show here, Snake Eyes. Maybe it does actually turn into something gold. Maybe so. An hour on a service animal and an hour on Armadas. Maybe we can trim, maybe we can trim some of it. I'll save it and I'll go through it. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, with that, I am going to thank you. I'm going to go. It's 930, and I'm sure if my wife is not in bed, she's angry. So <laughs> uh, I did make dinner, but that means that they still ate without me, which would make her mad anyway. Because uh, I made dinner and then didn't go in to enjoy it with the family. So, shame on me. Uh, but I am going to go... No, I didn't make pizza rolls. I actually made a great crock pot smothered pork. Uh, so, like, I cubed some <laughs> pork chops and cream of mushroom and celery. Made some rice. Some French fried onions go in there. Um, and uh, basically, it's like a bed of rice with, like, this pork gravy that goes on top. It's actually quite delicious. And it's not, it's not as unhealthy as it sounds. I mean, you're using pork... Uh, but obviously I trim it and then I'm using this cream of mushroom soup, milk and celery and then white rice. So it's yummy. It's very good. It's very good. Boaz says angry bed is fun bed. No, no, not really. No, Mm -mm. not for my wife. Angry is angry. That's no fun. That's no fun. Plus like I gotta go take a shower cause I've been out in the studio Air conditioner's not working super well right now, Gregor, so it's probably 80 out here. I'm like, I've got like a nice, nasty film of sweat. <laughs> swamp cooler or air conditioner? Huh? Swamp cooler or air conditioner? I do have an air conditioner in here, but but this apartment doesn't have doesn't have air conditioner built in. So I've got one window unit downstairs that looks like it was around like when the dinosaurs were here. <laughs> and I've got an upstairs unit that is that is one of those floor units, but it has the exhaust that goes to the window, so it really can't be mobile. Really, truthfully, I should probably spend another couple hundred dollars and put an air, a good air conditioner unit down here on the first level. But, I mean, this, this apartment is 800 square feet, uh, and I've got the air conditioner upstairs and on, like, the opposite side of the apartment, so it doesn't do much for me down here. And then down here, I've got the window unit that's from 1962, and if you stand directly in front of it, it's good, but it can't keep up. It doesn't have the BTUs mm-hmm. to keep up. So I, I probably need another like floor unit. But that floor unit I've got upstairs was like four hundred bucks. That's expensive. Plus, if I'm doing it during the show, then you guys would hear the noise. You would hear the the wind noise or the or the motor noise of that air conditioner. And I don't like that. I like having a pretty I like having a pretty quiet studio. Most of the time it works, but sometimes you guys hear a little bit of background noise, and I can filter most of it out. But, I mean, if I put an air conditioner in this room, I'm not going to be able to filter that out. Snake Guy says, if you're going to do all that, rewire the generator. I can't. These two buildings are on completely different electric meters. Like, I've got two different accounts with the power company. 
So they're on completely different meters. I could rewire it, but I mean, that's going to be a massive job. I'd have to rewire everything. Like all of it. Elemento <laughs> P says, we prefer your normal wind noise. She's referring to my talking. Meanie. All right. Uh, with that, we'll wrap up. Uh, if this ends up being something, heck, we'll put it up. Uh, yeah, we'll put this up, uh, everybody. Thank you for sticking around for a little bit of gold content. I have been your host, Ultimate DJs. Kind of laid back and just having a, a conversation and letting Gregor come in here and argue with me about wasting time. I love wasting time. <laughs> I'm kidding. Apparently. I, I think no. we just wasted an hour. <laughs> yeah, we totally did. Anybody who's, li- six armadas? Anybody who's listening to this right now is like, oh, my God, what did we just listen to? Uh, thank you for allowing me to, to waste more of your time. Now go run armadas with a 15-minute timer. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but do want to thank you guys for hanging out. Uh, Counselor Q says, this goes back to the conversation about our addiction. You're daggone right it does. Uh, thank you guys so very, very much for hanging out uh, to this gold content. Hopefully we find something good here and post it up. Uh, in the meantime, I'd like to invite you guys to visit our website, TalkingTrekSTFC.online, where you can find links to our uh, YouTube page, where we invite you to share that out and uh, subscribe and get that count up a little bit. Uh, also, check out our merch store at TalkingTrekSTFC.online for T-shirts, mugs, hoodies, and blankets, socks, and more. Get some Talking Trek merch in your life. Uh, and don't forget our Amazon support link shopping by clicking there first and doing your normal everyday Amazon shopping supports this channel. And we appreciate that very much. My name is ultimate DJs, your friendly neighborhood cat person saying meow for now. Catch you on the next one. Love you. Mean it guys. See you later.